And when it comes to singing with understanding, the first question is, I mean, the, the first hymn is hymn number two in our hymn book. It says, um, all praise the Father, praise the Son, and praise the Spirit, three in one. Is that a correct doctrine or not? How many said that it is a correct? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So nine. How many said that it's the wrong doctrine? So I will say that everybody agrees that it's correct. <coughs> Next one, hymn number three. It says, God himself is with us. It says, Pray, let may so like Mary be thine earthly sanctuary. Is that a correct doctrine or not? How many says that it is? So is, is everybody agrees that it's not. <coughs> Next one, <coughs> hymn number 21. In all life thou livest the true life of all. It does a correct statement. It's a correct um, doctrinal statement. Who agrees that it's correct? How many said that it is? How many said that it's not? And the rest, not sure? Okay, so, okay, how many says that it's not? That's one, two, three, four, five. Five said that is not. <clears throat> Next one. Hymn number 194. Christ is present and among us. In the crowd we see him stand. In the brothel of the city, Jesus Christ is every man. It does a correct doctrine in the Bible. How many says yes? How many says no? One, two. Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So we have nine, and the rest are not sure. Hymn number 34, Wake the Song. That's the title. It reads, We will chant our Savior's glory. It does a correct doctrine. How many agrees? That's one, two, three, four, five. How many? Six. How many does not agree that that is correct? So I guess it's only one says that it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> okay, hymn number 125, Joy to the World. We sing that a lot. It says, um, Joy to the World, the Lord is come. If that is a correct doctrine from that song, how many says yes? That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Nine. How many says no? One. Hymn number 142. Angels we have heard on high. It says, Mary, Joseph, lend your aid while we raise our heart in love. We sing that quite often. So how many feels or think that that is the right Doctrine. So we have one, two, three, four, five. How six? Six yes. How many no's? One, two, three, four, five, six. Six no. And the rest, they don't know. Okay. 
We're almost there. <clears throat> Hymn number 403. Let us break bread together. When I fall on my knees with my face to the racing sun, O oh Lord, have mercy on me. If that is correct, one, two, three, four, five. Five are saying that it's biblically correct. How many said that it's biblically not correct? One, two, three, four, five, six. We have six that say that it's not biblically correct. Next one, hymn number 471. Grant us your peace. Father, grant us, grant us your peace. Oh, loving Father, grant us your peace. Grant us, grant us peace. Grant us, grant us, grant us your peace. Grant us, grant us peace. Loving Father, grant us your peace. How many say that that's biblically correct? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight says yes. How many says no? That is not biblical. One, two, two, three. So there's three that says it's not biblically correct. <clears throat> Hymn number 544. Jesus, son of blessed Mary. Jesus, son of blessed Mary, once on earth a little child, and cheerful trusting stays protected by the blessed Trinity. Is that the biblical doctrine or not? Who says yes? That's one, two, three. Three yeses. How many says no? One, two, three, four. So four says is not biblical. Okay. <coughs> Hymn number 648. I vow to thee, my country. I vow to thee, my country, all earthly things above. Entire and whole and perfect, the service of my love. The love that asks the reason, the love that stands the test, that lays upon the altar the dearest and the best, the love that never falters, the love that pays the price. If that's biblical, how many say that's a biblical statement? How many says that it's not biblical? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So there's ten that they are not biblical. Okay. <coughs> and this is the last one. Hymn number 422. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. By Christ redeemed, his broken body is our stead, is here in this memorial bread. The key word is stead. How many said that that statement is biblical? That's one, two, three. So three says that's biblical. How many says that it's not biblical? One, two, three. There's four. Four said that not biblical. Who gives more? Who gives more? <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so there are, um, and the rest, I'm not sure. Talking about being deceived is amazing how easily we can get deceived. Let me read a few things. And talking about biblical, I mean the doctrine that we, believe, that we believe that is true based on biblical studies. And, and when I read things, if someone gets offended, please, I apologize. It was not my intention. This research was done, or this study was done by two, two parties independently. And um, it really, and I just took both parties' 
one from the church and one from another denomination, sad to say, but I combined them both. Now, the answer for all those is all of them are not biblical. They are not biblical. And I don't know if I'm going to have time to review the reasons why, but I'm going to try to speed up and go very quickly. Hint number two. All creatures of our God and King, we find these words of praise the Father, praise the Son, and praise the Spirit, three in one. This, one, this new addition to the hymnal comes from the pen of the Roman Catholic saint Francis of Assisi in the 12th century and reflects his Trinitarian theology. It was Francis who founded the Franciscan order and their role and influence in history is a strong one, ranging from the persecution of Christians with the Inquisition to the produce, producing many Catholic theologians and several Catholic popes. The hymn below have all been added and, and, and had, had been added or the word changed. Okay, the, the other one says, um, hymn number, it says, um, when it comes to prayer to the Holy Spirit, it says, Jesus never prayed to the Holy Spirit in the scripture, and he taught us to pray to the Father. No apostles, read, um, writers, can you have some lights so I can read? Thank you. Oh, thank you. I'm sorry? No, it's the, I'm, I'm going there. Hold on. I cannot go back. Um, <clears throat> no, the number two talks about um, it's not biblical that we believe that God, Father, and Son is three in one. And if you think that you have that right, go back and study. The Seventh-day Adventist theology and the Bible talks about there are three separate identities, not one. And it's a Catholic, which I'm not saying, I want to apologize, someone got offended, but, you know, in the Bible, it's very clear that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are three separate identities, not three in one. So that's one of the little things how other denominational theological things are creeping in our church, and is confusing our biblical doctrines, okay? That's on number two. Uh, and in hymn number 21 has the phrase from the wet masters, in all life thou liveth the true life of all. Is this referring pantheism? If you're not familiar with that doctrine, go and search it. It's creeping into our church very easily. Read the hymn, read the doctrine, read what that means. Okay, Jesus, okay, going back to the Holy Spirit, said Jesus never prayed to the Holy Spirit in Scripture, and he taught us to pray to the Father. To, no apostle writers ever prayed to the Holy Spirit, not everyone. Not, nowhere in the Scripture or in the spirit of prophecy are we told to pray to the Holy Spirit. We do pray to the Holy Spirit to guide us, and our prayers are carried to Jesus and the Father by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings us the thoughts and answer to our prayer from Jesus and the Father. We definitely, to, we definitely need the Holy Spirit. The Roman Catholic Church advocates praying to the Holy Spirit. They have done so for centuries, praying to the Holy Spirit as part of 
Ignatian spirituality. Should we sing prayers addressing the Holy Spirit? I don't think so. Hymn number 194, sing we as a modern city. This hymn has the following hidden, non-Christian wording. Christ is present and among us. Christ is every man. Christ is not every man. Christ is in those who ask him to come in. This is not doctrinal, and that's how the Satan is trying to turn, change in our thoughts in, in, in doctrinals. Hymn number two, also, um, when it comes to three in one on Trinity, Trinity doesn't exist in the Bible. That word do not exist in the Bible. That was brought from the Catholic Church, which is the, the term means three in one. We don't believe that there's three in one. It's three separate identities. It's one God that will function together as a three individuals. Now, in our hymn book, we have, if you want to write that down so you can go back and study it, all the hymns that were added, changed, and modified that talks about Trinity are 73, 47, 70, 53, 71, 72, 2, 27, 30, 116, 234, 235, 709. <coughs> Let me repeat it again. 73, 47, 70, 53, 71, 72, 2, 27, 30, 116, 234, 235, 709. I'm sorry? In our Seventh-day Adventist hymn book, the one that are in the pew. Okay, and, and, and in each one of those, I have in, a specific information on those, but I'm running out of time, so let me go to the next category. Um, Okay, worshiping the Holy Spirit and Mary is still alive. He says, hymn number three, God himself is with us. Pray, let my soul, like Mary, be thy earthly sanctuary. This was another new addition from the Catholic source, but what are we to make of these words? Further, the hymn is telling us to bow before thee, know thee, and adore thee. The context in, is in regard to the dwelling spirits should be bow and worship the Holy Spirit in this consent, concept is not biblical. And also in verse 2 of this hymn, exalt Mary as an example for us all. This assume Mary is still alive. Uh, the journal Tartingen, a Protestant, wrote the words of this hymn in German, a literal translation, translation of the German word which he originated penned had no reference to Mary. So the original wording of that hymn did not have Mary in it the committee of the church decided to change it and add that term. The original word reads as follow. Lord, come dwell in me. Let my heart and my spirit be another temple for thee. Another Catholic teaching, hymn number 34. He said, which appeared as, as also a, no, a hymn number 649 in 1941 hymnal. Has three words which should be quite foreign to Adventism. We still chant our Savior glory. Remember, Bible talks against chanting. Okay? 
He says, the author was a Baptist and also a Trinitarian. In the third verses, we find adoration and praise to Holy Father, loving Savior, and Holy Spirit. Okay. Um, second Advent. There's this, this hymn. It, was, it talked about Second Advent, but the committee changed it. And let me read it to you. The Second Advent downgraded. Ver, uh, hymn number 125. I'm sorry. Verse 1 of this well-known hymn in the new Seventh-day Adventist states, Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Isaac Watts' original words were, Joy to the world, the Lord will come. So it's a, it's a way of downgrading the purpose of that song when it comes to second coming. Another hymn that talks about the state of the dead, which... It's clear, I mean, that's a, a doctrine that's very clear in the Bible. Hymn number 142. It is angels we have heard on high. We normally sing that in Christmas. In verses 4, we find the Catholic error that the dead are living saints in heaven who can assist us. This is Mary Joseph Landry aid while we raise our heart in love. Why is this error found in our official Seventh-day Adventist? I'm just wondering. Now, Judgment Downgraded, hymn number 300, Rock of Ages. That's a very, fa uh, very favorite of ones. Investigative Judgment Downgraded in verse 3. The message of God's judgment is taken from the hymn Augustus Topladi that wrote, When I soar to word unknown, see thee on the judgment throne. But in the new hymn, hymnal, the word has been changed to when I soar to world unknown, and behold, three on thy throne. So the old judgment word, it was taken away. And it talks a little more about it, but, um, and I can give you my notes. I mean, there's a lot of information here. There's another hymn that talks about transubstantiation. If you don't know what that is, I will I suggest you to write it, read it, write it, go back home, start studying the Bible, what the Bible talks about this. Hymn number 402, by Christ redeemed, it says, it's also found in, in hymn number 475 in the old hymnal. This hymn contains some words which bring into question the hymnal committee's original change of checking each hymn for doctrinal soundness. And verse 2 states, his broken body in our stead is here in this memory bread, which is an odd reference to the Catholic doctrine of transubstantiation as found in the rite of the Mass. These words were not in the original word written by George, George Ransom in 1857. Again, they changed the original writing on that. A member of the Congressional Church of Leeds, England. The original word says, it's shown in this memorial bread. You see the difference? See how they sneak a few words and change the whole doctrine? Keep that in mind, you guys. It says, uh, in this false Catholic doctrine that the substance of the bread and wine are changed into the actual flesh and blood of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist, even though the external appearance remains the same. We as Protestants believe that the communion bread and unfermented grape juice are symbols. And even Jesus said, these are symbols and memorial of me. It's not his actual body. Um, another uh, sun-worshiping song, hymn number 403. 
Let us break bread together. Another addition to the hymnal was not there before. This Negro spiritual caused some consideration, consternation, even in some non-SDA churches. That's surprising. And we as Seventh-day Adventists, of which, of which we are so tied in the doctrines and biblical doctrines, it just flew over our heads. And some other, other Protestant churches, of which they are not so into biblical accuracy, they got it. Um, it talks about, uh, let's see, when I fall on my knees with my face to the racing sun, you know how Christ and Jesus and the whole Bible, he's so specific on position and on, on, on everything. It says, uh, oh, Lord, have mercy on me. How this one sneak on the committee, I don't know. Facing the racing sun is unquestionably an ancient pagan practice of sun worshipers and certainly is not practiced by any known Christians today. And it talks about, it's, it's similar to Ezekiel, um, a vision that he had specifically for that reason also. And for those who want to read it, it's Ezekiel chapter 8, 16. And that's similar to, to that. Okay, worshiping the Pope, uh, hymn number 471. The grant us your peace. All these verses of this hymn are visually identical to the hymn sheets handed out in the Vatican Square when the Pope textures the assembly crowd. Well, no, when Pope lectures the assembly crowd. The four verses are identical in four languages, Latin, English, French, and Spanish. The English states, Father, grant us, grant us your peace. Oh, loving Father, grant us your, your peace. Grant us, grant us peace, grant us the blah, 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 blah. It says, uh, this hymn was written in the Dark Ages and it addressed to the loving Father, of which is the Pope. In four different languages, thousands of faithful Catholics with their eyes fixed on their Holy Father, which is the Pope, standing in the distant window, intone their worshiping prayer to him. Consider the Latin version of what they tell him, as it's been written in our new Seventh-day Adventist hymnal. There's another uh, hymn, hymn that talks about Trinity and Mary, uh, nationalistic devout, hymn number 648, about I vow thee, my country. This is a nationalistic song of which have no place in our hymn books because our allegiance is to God, not to man. Okay? And, um, and then on the part of the reading aspect of the last part of the hymn, hymn book, of which we have uh, writings to read, like for a call to worship, um, there's a lot of them, uh, and I already ran out of time. Um, some, like, for example, 835 is termed the Magnificat, which is a Latin Catholic terms. Uh, and uh, reading number 836, the Veredictus, um, reading 837, the Nuris Dimittis, and the number uh, called to worship 832, the, the Prophodis. Where those are in our hymn book, I have no idea. Um, we understand that we understand that change is good. And we understand that change can be good, but also we understand and it's prophesied that in the end of time, there's gonna be, uh, let me read uh, again, uh, the Bible scripture reading today. 
and I can never pronounce that text. I mean, that book. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 16, it says, Be careful, or you will be enticed to turn away and worship other gods and bow down to them. When we start singing songs that are not biblically correct, that's what exactly what we're doing. We are worshiping to wrong gods. So as remnant of the end time, Bible studies, students, I urge you, I really urge you to root it yourself in the Bible. Root it yourself of what the God have took time to write in the Bible of the things that we need to know. Because in the end time, if this hymns, half of us, or for no sake everybody, including myself, deceived us, imagine other things as the time comes closer. So I really urge you, really, really urge you to stop praying, to start really studying and reading the Bible so they will not be deceived. 2 Corinthians 11 said, But I fear that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will be corrupted, just as Eve was deceived by the cunning way of the serpent. 2 Timothy 3, 13 through 14, it said, But evil people and imposters will go from bad to worse as they deceive others and are themselves deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and found to be true, because you know from whom you learn it. And another thing that I want to add, and I'm not going to talk about this because I ran out of time. It just, the purpose of this is to open your eyes and see how the devil is getting into our doctrines, into our worship, into our hymn books, into everything else. Um, what about logos? Do you see anything wrong with that one? How many says yes? How many says no? I'm going to go quickly. What about the New King James Version of which our church, our, our, our Andrews University is promoting so much? Is there anything wrong with that? The New King James Version. That symbol is 100% satanic. There's no way around it. What about our church logo? Is there anything wrong with that? This is our official Seventh-day Adventist logo. I mean, um, it is the flame of which it was ancient pagan uh, pictures. Everything that has to do with flame, three flames, is all satanic pagan. That's the old one. That's the new one. And they have to put that tail, those three flames, in some way. That's satanic. I'm getting in there. What about this one? The new King James Version. Look at that. Not only they have satanic logo on it, look what they did. God removed 51 times. Lord removed 66 times. Repent removed 44 times. Damned removed entirely. Heaven removed 50 times. Devils removed entirely. Oh, gee, I wonder why. Um, blood removed 23 times. New readings, not new version, replaced hell and Hades to tell. 
New, New Testament alone removed 2,289 words, over 100,000 total changes, eliminate the and thou, less accurate and cause confusion, ignore TR over 1,200 times. What about this one? That's our old logo. Because our church, if for those who remember our history, our church came together by all the denominations back in 1845. Remember? We did not exist before that time. It was a group of church members that came from all organizations, all church, that read the prophecy, that read and that group from all denominations, Protestant, Lutherans, Presbyterians, Catholic, a lot of church members from all across the board came together because they wanted to follow the Bible and the Bible alone, Sola Scriptura. And that's how Seventh-day Adventist was born. It is a group of individuals that believe in the second coming. And that was our logo for many decades. And what happened? Not, it doesn't reflect the reason why this church exists. Because the flame is, again, and if you really want to go into details what the flame represents when it's facing up and facing down, you need to go and study satanic religions and also have the reverse cross, which is totally, totally satanic. And this is just the highlights of all the errors, or at least some of them, from that logo. So, as remnant, as remnant, um, the end of time is coming soon. The prophecy knows it. Even the Muslim knows it. That this, the end is going to come soon. And we are Seventh-day Adventists. We, we study the prophecy. We understand. We have the privilege to understand the prophecy and the time and times. And we know how the devil is working so hard to deceive not only us, deceive the whole world. And all prophet. I'm, I mean, God has followers in every single denomination. We know that. We know that. And, and, and as Seventh-day Adventists, we, we need to be more take more time to study the Bible because the Bible is the word of God. And if just simple hymns have lied to us and we were deceived, imagine as the end time gets closer, if hymns are so easily and we got, if we got blinded, and I just covered not even a percent of them, if, and logos are bombarded everywhere and you guys were not aware of, or some of you were not aware of them, Imagine how easy it will be to deceive us in more important things. So please, I urge you, and I will finish, urging you to spend more time in your Bible, spend more time reading, spend more time on this, not, only not only reading, but understanding what you're reading. And when you sing songs, may you sing it with understandings. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
That's why the Bible says in many verses that you need to see who can remember that text. You need to study all, but keep. You need to read all. Right. And also we always preach and we always emphasize just because a pastor is in front and telling you something. Don't take my word for it. You need to take note of what the pastors are saying. Take notes and go into the Bible and research it because we're human beings. We make mistakes. Satan can use us too. So we need to, and salvation is individual. You're not going to be saved because of me. Salvation is individual, and as the prophecy said, individually you will be tested. So please, you need to get rooted into the Bible, into the Bible and doctrines, and you need to be rooted in in, in God's word, because that is the one that's going to save us. And let me close. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all your blessings. We thank you, Lord, that you have watchers out there that's doing their job. Thank you, Lord, that you brought it into our attention. And as followers of you, we pray, O oh Lord, that your Holy Spirit guide us to read and understand, to discern the word that you have given us, to look into the Bible translations and see what is right and what is not, to go and ask and research, and also in our hymn books, O oh Lord, as we are preparing ourselves to the end time. And we know that the Satan knows that he has very little time, and he's using every single tool to distract us and, and reprogram our brain. We pray, O oh Lord, that we you give us, you open our eyes, on oh Lord, and we do our job, the one that you ask us to do, to be watchers, watchers of your word, watchers of your prophecy, watchers of everything that's going on, and share to others what's going on, and, and share with everybody that we know what's going on, so we know that we are doing your word, and we're following you, O oh Lord. Thank you again for the freedom that we still have, and as we get closer to the end time, we pray, O oh Lord, that you find us, you find us followers of your word. Amen. Amen.